Hi, and welcome to Total Rewind, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast where we take a look at movies 30 years and older and see if they still hold up. I am D-Man, joined by CP. Make some noise, CP. Let's flip you over on the video here. Or you can call me Jason this week. Because <laughs> we are well finally played. back and we're here to celebrate Halloween and all the great scary horror movies that you love to watch. Yes, we're actually, we're going to be diving into a couple different Halloween style movies. They're going to range from animated to funny to horror. This week, we're really looking forward to kicking off Total Rewind with a look back at 1980s Friday the 13th. This is one I haven't seen in a long time. It's something I saw when I was a kid and it's kind of a uh, staple of the sl slasher genre. It followed yeah. Halloween, I think by a year or two. It borrowed you know, some very, very specific elements from Halloween and kind of, I wouldn't necessarily say expanded on them. Shamelessly ripped it off is probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably better. First of all, have you seen this movie before? Is that a serious question? Yeah. <laughs> of course, dude. Yes. I, I, I've okay. seen it many times. I mean, the first thing I think we need to talk about is, is Jason is such a cultural icon. Yeah. It still blows my mind that he doesn't get the infamous hockey mask that I was just wearing until the third film. I know. Because it's, we it's, associate Jason with the mask. Well, it's so weird, too, because, I mean, his character is really mostly by a name mentioned with, like, one final shot at the very end. It's interesting because, like you said, he literally is the icon. That yeah. big hulking guy with the hockey mask and the knife. I mean, you go to yeah. any Halloween store right now, you're gonna see Jason. I think if you, I think you can find him at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. all the iconography though is missing here in the original. It's None just, of it, it is there. It's insane. Obviously, as you said, staple of the slasher genre really kind of went to define this style of horror. There's so many elements of it, right? The teen sex component, which is a big portion of, of this film, which has lived yeah. on through many other slasher films. The summer camp component. I mean, I think like nine of the 13 movies take place in a summer camp. People getting sure. killed by Jason. Something else that stood out to me was, uh, you know, I think you and I had talked about what was the theme music for Friday the 13th? And right away, right? Right when you turn it on i mean it, it does the yeah yeah like and right yep. away i was like oh yeah that's it that's but it <laughs> it escaped me for a little while i was like what is that song and it was weird because i even youtubed it it had theme music from the movie but not that little segment yeah. it was like an actual orchestral score or whatever you know i guess it's more like tones but <laughs> Once I heard it, I was like, oh, yeah, you can't ever forget that. Right. One of the other things that's fascinating, you know, from a cultural standpoint, is this, this trick at the end that the, spoiler alert, right? The uh, killer is Jason's mom. She essentially wants the camp shut down for eternity because her son, Jason, died in the lake. And so up to that point, though, the movie is kind of toying with us through first person POV mechanics of the cinematography. And they've shown like, you know, maybe boots or a glove. Gloves, but the yeah. Yeah. It's like the implication. It's very heavy that this is a man, probably in our minds, the very Jason that we associate with the franchise now. Yeah. It was quite a twist that it was like an old butch looking lady in a sweater. Well, it's it's <laughs> weird too in the sense that Jason's mom is the only female slasher character I can think of in mainstream Hollywood films. Obviously, right, as a society, we associate serial killers with men, the especially heinous ways in which people are in creative ways in which people are murdered in the movies, scenes much more akin to something that a male killer would do. Yeah, I mean, if anything, female killers typically tend to be little girls. 
<laughs> I don't know why that's so creepy, but it is. You know, you think The Ring and The Grudge, yeah, and yeah. The Shining, and I guess not really The Shining, but it uses little girl imagery to creep people out. That's something that totally sets this movie apart from really every other slasher film. Yeah, and it's, I don't even, I, I wonder how self-aware the movie was about that. When, when you look at, obviously it's a very deliberate twist, but I'm like, were they really trying to break conventions or did that just kind of serve the story of the, the kid with, you know, this is the perfect motive for a slasher? And I don't know. And I did read that Cunningham was very intentional about the first person use of the of the murders mask the identity till the big reveal at the end. But yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. And, you know, also worth noting is that in this movie, other than the final shot in the lake where she is even somewhat dreaming, we don't even know 100 percent if this actually happened or she was having a dream sequence. There is nothing supernatural about this movie you're right compared to future entries in this own saga as well as a lot of other horror genre picks there's no ghosts there's no man back from the dead there's it's yeah. like it's an yeah. actual slasher yeah i found that to be interesting but i have to say i mean if i went to you know the universal hollywood horror nights and i saw now jason's mom wandering around i would be <laughs> terrified I'll tell you what, if I go, I'm just going to run away from every short-haired, middle-aged woman in a sweater. Every away. Midwestern woman <laughs> on, a, on a sweater on, on the park, I get you. It's, it's really crazy because I think that when we really look at the Friday the 13th franchise, there's a lot to love about this movie, but the impact is I think it's really grown so much beyond this film. Case in point, the villain we associate with it is not even the villain in this movie. Um, it's really insane. I mean, so much to the point in doing some research, right? The franchise, which is comic books, novels, 13 films, and a television series in the early 90s. Apparently, that television series did not specifically incorporate Jason, wow. any of the characters from the other films. I mean, that's just testament to the fact that what Friday the 13th is has become so much more than this classic film. Interesting. You know, one thing I had to Google because I wasn't sure. I was like, why is this movie called Friday the 13th? <laughs> Did the events of the movie take place on Friday the 13th? The general consensus was no one knows other than Cunningham was shamelessly ripping off Halloween and needed another scary holiday <laughs> to base his film franchise around. Whether that's true or not, I do not know. Which is why this was released in the very beginning of May, not Halloween as we would associate it now. Right. And the thing is, you know, there's all kinds of wild speculation on the internet. You know, is Jason's birthday Friday the 13th? You know, was or was he born on a Friday the 13th? And like all these different things. But I could not find anything legitimate in the lore that really gave me the idea that Friday the 13th was deliberate in any way. Now, those elements, right, like Jason's birthday, this, this, and that, that could all be added later. But from this movie specifically, I did not see anything. Nothing. You know, if you're a horror genre fan out there, Friday the 13th fan, Jason Voorhees fan, and you know the answer to this question, uh, let us know. Because I'm curious as well, and I couldn't find it on the internet, which is shocking. So, <laughs> uh, something else I wanted to talk about with this movie, though, the effects. And in this case, we're talking about gruesome, slasher, blood gore effects. So what was your opinion of the effects in this movie? First of all, do they hold up? And do you think they do the slasher genre justice? Again, whenever we're talking about, you know, do, does this hold up? We have to consider where as movie-going audiences we have come since yeah. Friday the 13th. I think 
when we evaluate it just on the basis of the effects, I think there are a lot of fun. You could tell that the filmmakers were trying to do some cool stuff that audiences had not seen before them. And I think when we look at it through the lens of the late 70s when it was filmed and the 80s when it was released, I think they look really great. And I think that when we consider them by the standards of today, I actually think they hold up pretty well. Yeah, that was something that I actually really enjoyed. They seem to find kind of unique ways. It wasn't always just like a knife to the throat, although that did happen a couple times. No, yeah, yeah. But they seem to find a way to, you know, torture these teens. And I always think about the one where uh, Kevin Bacon gets stabbed up through the mattress. Yeah, like with a dart or an arrow. Yeah. Straight through his neck. And he's like, oh, my gosh. You could tell that they're they're having fun. I know there's like an axe to the face. Someone gets stabbed in the gut. There's a throat slash. I think at one point, I won't say who, but it's 100% true that they got decapitated. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there was and then there's like people yeah. hanging they all yeah. kinds of things so i mean at least for the the effects element i thought it was pretty fun and a lot of that i think we owe to tom savini who did the effects who has been involved in so many awesome kind of horror effects prosthetic makeup world of of films you know he was involved with the romero dead movies he went on to work on Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. He was involved with really just- That's cool a great films. career right there. Dusk Till Dawn, Planet Terror, Machete. Dude has done some awesome things when it comes to effects. And you can see that watching this movie, it looks amazing. And I really enjoyed it. Definitely, yeah. Now, the other element to this is, this is a horror film. Did you find it particularly scary? Like jump scares and suspense? And all that. Because I'll, I'll go ahead and start here. And I really didn't. Now, I have seen this movie before. So there's, you know, take that into account. But at the same time, I found it to be more like gory, I guess, kind of slasher fun. I was looking forward to like, how's the next person die? More than I was sitting in my room trembling because it was just so scary. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, maybe this was made for teenagers to go to the theater with their significant other at the time and, you know, hold somebody tight because it's, you know, kind of creepy and all that. But in terms of horror, I didn't think it really held up. I, I didn't find it particularly scary. No, I mean, I think even when you compare it to later entries into the franchise. Perfect example. Like a movie that I thought had some really great like jump scares and different things was Scream. That's Mm -hmm. still in the slasher film. I mean, I know Wes Craven was having some fun with that whole genre and Scream. Excuse the sign. It it, it was one of those things. There just weren't a lot of like jump scares where I was like, oh, this is really creepy. And because there's no supernatural element to it, you're really just, you know, the killer is going to pop out from somewhere. I didn't find it all that particularly terrifying. Yeah, no, I would agree. As a horror film then, We have to look at what the movie is doing with its story structure. In my opinion, I don't know why this is because everything I read about the production doesn't seem like this is the actual voice of the uh, director, but the movie seems to be implying that sexual promiscuity is bad and (laughs) that like you should be murdered for it. I found that to really be kind of the crux of the story because it basically like the way the you know, excuse for the slasher element of the film comes into play. Mrs. Voorhees' son, Jason, drowned in a pool while two of the camp counselors were having sex. And so she, not in a pool, in the lake. She uh, basically went on a revenge tour and got the camp shut down. Then this movie picks up years later where these new counselors are trying to reopen the camp. Well, here she is. Like (laughs) all of you sexual miscreants, you all need to die. 
I don't know. That was another element that I was like, I don't really know what the movie's going for here. That's what's implied. That's what I took away from it, but I don't know why. I mean, other than like, sure, I guess this kid died. But I mean, the counselors, hypothetically, they just weren't watching. They could have been doing anything, really. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe they were tending to someone who got hurt and then he died. You know, I, I don't yeah. know. It just felt like a bit of a reach to simply imply that like, because people are you know, having sex in a barn, they deserve to go. But I mean, that's also, you know, that sexual promiscuity and, you know, people being teenage aged years. I mean, that's an element of us of the slasher genre that it hasn't escaped to this day. So I don't know if they're just using conventions, but I don't know. I didn't find the story particularly compelling. I think that sometimes uh, afterthought, we read into it a little more. I thought it was more just, this is the mechanism by which we're going to justify her murdering these camp counselors, right? The camp counselors in the 50s were irresponsible and selfish, and the camp counselors in the 80s are just as irresponsible and selfish, so she needs to kill them all. That's kind of what I was taking away from it. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I guess it was like the crux of you know, why there's a slasher, but I don't know if I agree with the moral lesson there. Something I did enjoy a little bit more was uh, this movie, because we don't know who the killer is. From a story standpoint, it's constantly using first-person perspective or POV shots. And it Mm -hmm. almost comes across as earlier in the film, like you could be the killer, right? That there's a killer in all of us. And, you know, I loved that it toyed with that but I don't know how self-aware it was or if it was just using those shots to withhold an identity. I was like, that would have been interesting if there was this heavy implication, right? That there's a killer deep down in all of us, or, you know, maybe we're, we're secretly like, it's really gory and we're like really, you know, us as the viewer should feel guilty because we're reveling in all this. And it kind of does that, but I just don't know how intentional it was. No, no, no. You're absolutely right. And it's one of the that's that's totally one of the really unique elements of watching this film and rewatching this film because while so many films do mask the identity of the killer and silhouettes and and you know shadows and things like that, this one just hides it from the perspective of the lens. And that that is something you're really aware of uh rewatching it. The other thing I, I just couldn't really get on board with was they didn't do enough to really make me fall in love with the characters. That's true. They're kind of all I, honestly, I don't even teenagers. know. If I, I, I don't even know if I could give them any names. I don't even know their names. I thought the Miami guy was named like Ned or something. That's yeah. the only one I can think of. They so, don't even <laughs> seem to acknowledge it. I think they call the one girl, the girl who's supposed to be in the kitchen. Like they don't really seem to, care. I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, they're all there. Everyone's fodder and that's the way it works. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. So that, I I don't know that I thought the movie spends an inordinate amount of time watching these teenagers as they're like playing on the dock. Uh, They have to kill a snake or like it, it like is, is spending some time with them, but it doesn't really do it in a way where I'm like, I really care about these people specifically other than like, I don't think any of these people deserve to die. It was just a little, I don't know. I left and I was like, I mean, I the number one character that I even remember is Kevin Bacon and I would just call him Kevin Bacon. And it's just because he goes on <laughs> be Kevin Bacon, right? Yeah, you know, so I was like, I don't know. So um, you brought up something that we need to talk about that I think is really important when discussing this film. The snake scene. Okay. I did some research on this because watching it, I just was totally captivated. Apparently, this was not in the original screenplay. When they were up at the camp shooting, 
Cunningham found a snake in his cabin and said, hey, we should add this in. Most of that scene was apparently improv by the cast. Wow, okay. And what blows me away is they actually killed the snake. Oh, that was not an effect. Because I was watching, I was like, is that a real, you know, those visual effects were really good. And I did some digging and apparently... At yeah, the time, still moving after they hit it with the machete, or right? Whatever. They didn't have a, oh, an animal fun. rep on the film because they weren't planning on using it. Well, I guess Action they can't put that moniker at the end of the movie. No animals were harmed in making this film. And supposedly, <laughs> rumor has it, you can actually hear the snake handler screaming off camera because he didn't know they were going to kill the snake either. You wouldn't get away with that in today's environment. Back then, it just becomes a fun fact. Yeah, so I, that <laughs> just blew my mind snake murder so someone actually something did die in the making of this movie fact it was a snake well all right i gotta throw it over to you then any final thoughts and what is your verdict does friday the 13th hold up again it's very cut and dry as a film <laughs> you know um as we said they do some creative stuff with the slasher herself a fun entry into the slasher genre i think i can't outright answer I don't know that if it holds up for viewers today. We've seen yeah, more. I, we've seen more over the top slasher stuff, but I will go on and make the point of saying I still do believe that it is the best of all the Friday the Thirteenth film. It's actually trying to do something original and different, and it's not so worn out like some of the later ones are. So yeah, that's my verdict. I, I'm gonna have to go with no. I don't think it holds up, and like I said, a lot of it is that I think other movies have taken the non like ghost or. or what am I trying to say? Like ethereal elements and just done a classic slasher. I think other movies have done it better. I think if I was going to give a yes to anything, it would probably be Halloween. I think Halloween was, you know, innovative. It has a better score. Like it, it just, it's a, it's not even close to me. It's, it's so much better. It's creepier. It's got better jump scares. I mean, even what's her name's performance is kind of iconic where, like I said here, no one really stands out. This is the movie that everyone's like, oh, Kevin Bacon was in that. You know, yeah. <laughs> it didn't make anyone's career. Michael Myers was actually in it. I don't know. To me, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say no. I think, honestly, other films, if you're a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise, other films with the actual Jason in the hockey mask are probably a little bit more fun. They get into, you know, more gore and, and different elements. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably go with one of those movies as the one to check out in this franchise. I, like I said, there's elements of it that I really liked. I thought the effects were great. It introduced, you know, uh, the Friday the Tur- Friday the Thirteenth franchise. It had that. Ch- 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 it does mm-hmm. some things that it's like. I mean, we have to pay homage to the things that came from it. But no, I'd recommend other movies if I had to pick. Fair enough. So it was fun to revisit it, though. I forgot how I don't know how uh, I guess independent the movie felt. Like it feels very indie, very indie. Well, for being like this mega. Hollywood film franchise like for it to be so like handheld and POV and all that I was like whoa I don't remember any of this yeah right I always remembered Kevin Bacon getting stabbed with that arrow from under the mattress though and like (laughs) I just remember it because in that scene I think someone's like dead above them Mm -hmm. and then they're like fooling around and I was like whoever was under there was there (laughs) (laughs) just waiting I was like that's creepy yeah right so Anyway, throw it over to our viewers, listeners, let us know. What are your thoughts? Friday the 13th, number one, does it hold up? Is it a staple of your Halloween, you know, horror lineup? And 
if you have another movie in the Friday the 13th film franchise that you think is number one, let us know what that is. And yeah, we'll I would, that's what that. I, I'm curious to know what the audience thinks is of those films is the best. And at some point we have to do a movie remake time between the original and the remake from, you know, about 10 years ago. Cause I think yeah. that's always an interesting discussion. Which I've never seen. So the, the remake I have not seen. So I'd be interested if it's, you know, literally remaking this one down to a T which is updated stuff. Or are we looking at like a total franchise revamp from movie number one? So that's it. That's our show. Be sure to uh, keep the conversations going on social media. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Music Store, as well as on YouTube. You can follow us at all the major social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and let us know. Let us know your thoughts. CP, I'm going to throw it over to you. Take us out. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in for this episode of Total Rewind. We're going to be back next week. We hope that you'll check it out for the new movie that we have. And until then, keep watching movies. 